On episode 58 of Wi-Fi Radio, we try our hands at voice acting. You can't put that into the universe and not do it. I want you to do a Deku quote in Saruman's voice. This is a story about how I became the greatest hero. We make grand sweeping statements about Studio Ghibli. Her parents being so supportive of her decision to mm. go. I think we now know that Ghibli films make better parents. I think so. <laughs> and we talk about why Nana's re-release is such a big deal. Well, we try. Anyway, we've well diverted from Nana. So look, Nana <laughs> is a great series. Please um, watch it. It is over on High Dive being re-released. Avalanche! Tetsuo! Ganida! Onita? It's over 9,000! Nani? Language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi Radio. 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 <laughs> and we got your name right. I know. I know. We're getting Good. there in the end. Um, We've now, been practicing 24 hours a day. <laughs> we were meant to have a special guest, a gentleman f- who runs Japan Demand, in fact. My old buddy. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we went into a COVID lockdown. We did. And um, we weren't too sure whether this episode would happen because we haven't set up our digital setup yet. Uh-huh. Um, so we pushed him back. So he should hopefully be on with us next week. Yes, we, uh, were, well, next episode. Uh, we were down for a three day lockdown and there was like hinting that it was going to be more mm. so we were a bit Ooh, about that. Well and then we've had another seven days of masks. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not too which bad. Which is not too bad. I, I'm happy Masks with that. are a minor inconvenience for the And I, I again was in lockdown for my birthday oh, um, which means God. I technically haven't had two birthdays now so oh. I'm going to I'm refusing to admit I've aged. Um, you can't <laughs> do that though. I'm you going age. to. I'm now the youngest person on this podcast. No I did that. <laughs> no Aaron still is. Um, he's the baby boy. Baby boy. Um, but yes, look, welcome back. Thanks to you. Um, we, we actually had a pretty big bump the last fortnight with listeners. So mm. welcome to all those who have jumped on board. We're really glad to have you on board. We even had someone from, and I'm just going to bring this up here. We have, ha- have listeners in Guatemala, Peru, Poland, Ukraine, Ecuador, the Dominican Republic, and Greece. So welcome on board. And obviously to all our listeners everywhere on the world, thank you very much for tuning in. We'd love to have a good chat with you. Um, I mean, yes. Wow. Welcome to all those people, but also, who told you? (laughs) (laughs) Who let you know? The Google algorithm. I got the algorithm. I need the algorithm. That's great. I'm just looking at the numbers. That's insane. I know. I I don't know. So, yeah. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Now, um, and guys, girls, and however you would like to identify. I'm getting my foot in the mouth today. Wow. Got to get in there early. Now, um, we have got a bit of a different show this week uh-huh. ahead because Nana dropped on yes. um, High Dive. Now, this was originally a series which came out in 2006. Yeah, I hear that it's one of those series which I should have watched already. It's like a... Yep. It's like a wolf's reign and a bunch of others are just like, they're perpetually on the middle of my list. They're supposed to be very, very important in anime culture and I should watch them. I just got a lot of other stuff to watch. Well, we're, we're going to dig into yeah. why Nana is such a big deal because this has been obviously making waves around all social media because everyone's yep. like, wow. you know. And not only that, the dubs come back, though the way they're releasing the dubs a bit we'll, confusing. We'll, 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 we'll touch that, on that. Yeah. Um, mm. But before we do jump in on that, let's talk about what we've actually been watching. I have no idea how old I am or where I came from. Daddy! Hey, guys! I gotta go! I just... I have to know! Hooray! I did that thing! Oni-chan, 
Nani won't be new. What we're watching. Well, we've definitely had plenty of time to watch stuff this past fortnight because... For me, about a month, actually, really. Because yeah. it was the last time I recorded was a month ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had to play catch-up with a bunch of things. I've been busy. Well, we, we did mention on uh, social media as well, mm. it is that kind of cusp point, and there was so much good last season that a lot of us are playing catch-up on that. And yeah. then, there's su- surprisingly, a lot of good stuff this season. Like We did we did list about ten. You know what? I've only watched one show this season. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, well, I'm going to get into that in a okay, minute. Okay, yeah. okay. Well... Well, I've been watching Nagatoro. Of course you have. um, Because I've been obsessed with that manga for years, and the series is the perfect adaptation of it, and I'm very pleased with it. Yeah. It's doing it it great justice, and they've streamlined the story. They've removed some of the wasted time in the first five chapters and just kind of condensed that all into a single episode. Remind me again, is this the one that with all the memes and stuff that's going around on the internet at the moment? <laughs> yes. Um, so N- N- Nagatoro is a tanned younger girl uh, yeah, yeah, who yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, is teasing her senpai and she's quite a bully and looks a little bit insane. <laughs> she, has, she has terrifying eyes and titan face, as I call it. Oh, yes. Yeah, and actually, she, she's got a fang and it. they actually address that as well, which is great because like in the manga they never address why she's got that fang. It's just like like a, you know, oh, it's just an outside. She's like, no, no, my canines are real sharp. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, like, she's a no, werewolf. She's a werewolf, clearly. Yeah. Um, just like that, the song Toto by Africa is actually about Toto's Africa is actually about a werewolf being stuck in Africa. Is it really? Africa. No, it's I not. Bet- <laughs> I, you had me for like two seconds look, since then. Look, it's, it's actually quite an interesting story. Um, some of the lyrics suggest that the person has gone to Africa to search for the occult. And um, it all kind of puts... I don't think I brought my phone in the studio with me, but I had it. I've got the actual information there oh. somewhere. I'll put it, I'll put it up in the Kenny's Discord. Face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell and if anyway, you're joking I'm, or not. I'm not actually. Someone's not joking. I just found this. Um, now, <laughs> anyway, back to what we're talking about. Nagatoro. Um, it's base. It's don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been doing the rounds quite a bit already. We made memes about it as well on social media, um, and it's. At its heart, it's quite si- it's quite sweet, but it starts off quite brutal. Yeah, like, I remember really you are finding this after rough. your uh, big whole love with uh, what teasing, was it? Master teasing Master Takagi. Takagi. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. fits along in sort of the same vein, but not so sweet. Yeah, it's kind of funny because my partner's turned to us and go, "Do I need to be more mean to you?" I'm like, "No, no, no, it's <laughs> please no, <laughs> please no." <laughs> but um, yeah, look, it's I, I can highly recommend watching it if you want to see like uh, one of those sort of classic romance stories where it's like boy and girl are hanging out guys unsure if girl likes him girl is behaving like she doesn't but might and where will this end up and i'll be i'll give you some not so not surprising spoilers i guess uh, we still don't know if um they're going to get together in the manga Ooh. it is leaning towards that but just like with teasing master takagi it's still ongoing you don't How know is that one going on for now oh takagi's Geez, quite a while. Except that, I mean, I don't know if you can even call this spoilers. Isn't there a side series for Takagi where they're both older and married and have yes. kids? I think we know the ending. It's like knowing the yeah. ending of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, fair, okay, fair. fair. Um, it's yeah. We know um, the kid's gonna turn into Darth Vader. We know those two end up. It's yeah, no, def- de- definitely, definitely not going to be <laughs> the father. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not the father. I'm just, I'm now just imagining it as like. A, um, Maury Povich? Yeah, Maury Povich <laughs> show. You are <laughs> not, not the, the father! father. 
Um, but, right. <laughs> um, TG Master Takagi, I think, has been running since, geez, 20, 2012. Um, that's been running. And that's a bi-monthly, so fortnightly it comes out. Makes sense, um, yeah. So that's that's got quite a lot of volumes out already. Um, and it's spin-off TG Master Takagi Moto um, is basically about their married life with their daughter. Mm. Um, and that's it's freaking adorable. Look at that picture. Aww. Yeah. And, okay. And yeah. uh, the and, ma- uh, Takagi is still a massive teaser, um, and just trolls everyone, yeah. and it's hilarious. Okay. Um, but yeah, the manga's still going, and same thing. They're getting close together, and same with Nagatoro. The manga's still going. Manga's probably around. Oh, last check about seventy odd chapters. Yeah. Um, and it's same sort of thing. They are getting closer. There are moments where they're showing support for each other, especially during a sports carnival sort of thing. Aww. Um, and it's really quite sweet. Um, Aww. and that that's the part which I which made me go, yeah, okay, I will read this thing to get to this point. Mm. Um, because I accidentally clicked the wrong end of the story. <laughs> Started reading from the most recent chapter. Is like this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like a beginning chapter. <laughs> um, but. Kenny, you've been watching something that I suggested we check out, and I've been I've put it on hold because I've been watching every romance anime this season under the sun. I mean, I've been pretty interested in this one since it was released. Like the synopsis for it sounded really good, and then I saw a Crunchyroll advert on uh, Facebook oh. saying, "You should watch to your eternity. Look at this wonderful journey of this young boy and his dog going across the world, meeting interesting people." I got to tell you guys. That's not what happens. I would almost accuse this of false advertising, but I I can't say any much more because that would be spoiler territory, but... Let, let, let's just uh, say, like, the, I, the information provided for it when we first got that synopsis was vague as anything. And this is an original anime, so we have no idea where it's going. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. This is absolutely beautiful. The first episode, it is heartbreaking. It hurts you. Hmm. But it sets up this, like, fantastic character. Pair of characters, kind of. You know everything about him and all of his flaws, his hopes and dreams, and and then it kind of changes the entire status quo of what's going on. Mm. It's almost... I mean, I've said this about something else. It almost harkens back to Decadence, where... It sets up an expectation and then, and then it flips it, it on its head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was wrong, actually. It is based on a manga. Um, oh. So it's been done by Brains Base. It's got 20 episodes, so a very unusual run. Um, there's plenty of manga to go off. There's 13 volumes in English already and more in Japanese, of course. I've checked out the first three episodes. Just going by the opening, oh, we are in for an emotional ride with this. Mm. I actually I uh, almost think I want to suggest that we make a secondary sort of like uh, Kawaii extra thing where we actually go into spoilers of <laughs> stuff we're watching. spoilers. <laughs> yes. You're just so determined to spoil everything. Aren't I you? want to talk about this. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we will we will look at that maybe for the Patreon or something else. Um yeah, the, the synopsis for it is a bit strange because it's very vague and I don't know. It, a mysterious immortal being, is sent to the earth with no emotions and or identity. However, it is able to take the shape of those around it that have a but strong rem- impetus. That's what I mean. I remember that synopsis from yeah. um, when we were discussing it before. Mm-hmm. And then Crunchyroll's promoting it as a boy and his dog. Yeah. Well, and th- th- to be honest, well, it's not pr- it's not Crunchyroll. That's the way it's been promoted in Japan. All the PVs out of Japan I are like that. I don't think it counts as a spoiler because this is sort of resolved in the first couple of minutes of the anime. So this thing is like an entity. It's sent to Earth. We don't know, well, this world. We don't know by whom. And it mimics through mm. experience. And so the first thing it encounters is a rock. So it turns into a rock. It's and a then it encounters theme, isn't it, it encounters a dog and it turns into a dog, but it has no concept of well, a, a walking w- a or wolf eating. 
slash dog slash yeah yeah because I feel like I've seen this concept in other mm. animes as well so it must be a very like a Japanese like the synopsis thing? reminds me of Kino's Journey yeah yes because that that's the same sort of thing and that's that had a recent reboot like um a few years ago yeah I saw the first few episodes yeah. of that it was um. Fascinating. And, yeah, and it's the same sort of thing where it's someone on a journey, but age and identity are not the important thing. The journey is the important Kinda thing. I like Madoka as well. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, you, you Somewhat. Cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the little. He's not actually thing. anything. Yeah. Really. He's an entity. He's, a, he's an unusual entity without a specific form. Yeah, the concept of like gods and spirits in Japan is. Uh, very much outside of the norm of what we get here in the West. See, it's, it's interesting because I remember when I went to Japan and um, the thing was like they believe in a lot of religions there. Mm. So they, they – but they're all kind of equalized as well. So it's like the Christianity is pretty high in Tokyo and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, um, But in saying that, they have the Shinto and then they also have the Buddhists. And the Buddhists and the Shintos are very – in parallel with each other, like they're all yeah. very similar. Well, they're, they're both, they're, they both have similar founding principles. And, yeah, and they respect – the Christian side as well, like they mm-hmm. all, it's all kind of intermixed, in, yeah, intermixed, which is just weird. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let, let's actually use that to jump on what you're watching yes. because yours is to do with the zodiac. It is. <laughs> so, far, far, what have you been watching? Uh fruits basket. The hey, final season. yeah, mm. we've uh, um, we talked a lot about we, this we, one, and for good reason, and for good reason, yeah. Um, so. Is it living up to the expectations of the prior two seasons? Hundred percent, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. j- just to confirm, this part wasn't originally adapted. No, this is this is completely brand new. This is mm-hmm. uh, following the manga to the T. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, people who are familiar with uh, Western shows, this is sort of like what happens with Game of Thrones, where it reaches a point where it can no longer ca- where there are no longer any books to act as source material, and so they uh, made up a new ending. Well, not in the original, in the original anime. The original one, they the orig- never did that. The, the original, they just kind of ended just it. Ended it. Oh, what? Um, so what? they didn't do what, so um, you know how Fullmetal Alchemist, Hunter x Hunter, Helsing, Helsing right. didn't have material available at the end, so they just made up their own endings. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's, I thought that, that they did that was what they did basket. for those, but Fruits Basket, they just ended it there. And, and it's the same with the show that we're going to be talking about oh, later Oh, you're anyway. kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's still not even done, nope. actually. So. No, <laughs> no wonder everyone's so gung-ho about this, this new series. This is massive because, yeah. yeah, like the first, uh, don't get me wrong, the first adaption of Fruits Basket was, for its time, amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's I why mean, it's held so I well. I mean, l- let's be honest. Like, It was a good adaptation. However, the creator didn't like it. No. C- considering what was around at the time, I can understand... Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. why why she didn't like it and why she prefers this modern style and why she's been so involved. Did in she it. have a lot of say in this one as well? From the, what the, I this one, she's actually on the production committee. Yeah. Whereas on the original Fruits Basket, they p- pretty much just said, "No, no, we're going to do what we want with your material." Yeah. That that was the rules we agreed with with your um, publisher. And I want to hope well. that she has a large say in the uh, music and the soundtrack for this oh, new series because let me tell you, the, oh, the opening at the moment for this new season is. You can't skip it. It's, like, yeah. it's so good. It's not like you don't know jumpy. Well, I mean, I was I was gonna say like Fruits Basket's music has never been jumpy. That's never. the one thing you can definitely say it isn't. Um, it, it is always quite emotive, and it to yeah. be honest, it won't always appeal to everyone. I mean. Some some of the openings are really great. Some of the openings I can't listen to because they make right. me want to cry. Yeah, and this that's that's a good thing. <laughs> it doesn't make me want to cry, but you can tell it's like heading towards that final. 
Ah, so it's got a sort of, it's got a finality in its sort of sound. Like, you know, this is the climax. This is where everything comes apart. heading towards it. Even like the ending themes and stuff like that are starting to feel that way. We're in the end game now. We really are. (laughs) And this is... Whatever it takes. (laughs) So I watched religiously the first season. Mm. Second season, I jumped here and there because it was just really hard at that time. It was the COVID period as well. Yeah, and so the dub was kind of a bit all All over the the spot as well. Whereas now we've kind of just gone back to how we were. I will go back and watch season two because there's a lot that I've obviously miss when mm-hmm. I've jumped straight into the final season. Yeah. Saying that though, I kind of could pick up where it was left off kind of thing. Obviously there's just a few gaps that I have to fill back, but mm. um, this feels more adult as oh, well. As in more mature? Very much like, so. And there's I, a lot of like visuals in there that are quite Confronting. Yeah. Yes, but also secrets are finally revealed about certain characters, which we kind of picked up on. But yeah, so things that were kind of hinted at are now explicitly said. Yes. Uh, And um, it's definitely got the MA rating for reasons because, you know, there's sexual content in it and stuff like that. Um, And that's, I feel that's going to be the theme running through it for the rest of the season because it really is the end game now. Mm. Um, And obviously, we do know a certain couple that does come about if you've read the manga. So this oh. is very exciting for um, Fruits Basket's fans because they actually finally get to see this pairing, this massive pairing that we've been waiting for for a long time actually become Actually a become a pairing. So. <laughs> Hooray! What, what was that? That, <laughs> that, that, that was um, the zappy boy from My Hero Academia. Oh. Hooray! <laughs> I haven't got a proper like do 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 or celebration thing. I've got a Nico Nico knee or a congratulations, but I didn't feel they were fitting. But One of these days, <laughs> you're going to need to let me take control of the buttons. <laughs> yeah, that's no, the last gonna... thing I needed to. But do. it's saying that though, I'm loving the dub again. It's just mm. beautifully done. They've got you know the right people for the right p- roles and everything like that. But in saying that, Kyle and Kenny, that's not the only show I've been watching. No, well. Let, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second because I want to jump on the ba- uh, the dub bandwagon and talk about a really bad dub. Oh yeah. Um, uh-huh. I've been watching. I jump back in on Shippuden. Oh, Naruto Shippuden. Okay, here we go. Oh my lord! You are like. We're going through that, and then you stopped a little while ago. I, I stopped about five years ago, six years ago, <laughs> just at the Ninja War, and okay. then I've restarted at the Ninja War, so season thirteen, um, and. The Japanese dub for these characters, okay, Naruto's still a little bit frustrating, but he's not as grinding as when he was younger. Right. Believe it. The <laughs> English dub is <laughs> exactly... No Aaron, but I respect that one. That, that is exactly where the... It's not Naruto that's the problem either. It's the side characters. So uh-huh. the people that have been used to dub certain characters do not match up. They've got a villain whose voice is, you know, super deep, um, almost like um, the guy that played Saruman in um, Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, uh, yes, Christopher Lee. Like, that's sort of deep, right? He did that really well. Yeah. Thank you. A Christopher Lee deep voice is his character in Japanese. In English, his voice is closer to Deku's. Ah. It's not right. It ah. like it's incredibly poor casting. That is weird. And man. they they've done this to quite a few characters where the actual vocal intonation uh-huh. is at completely the wrong end of the scale for the type of character they are. Um, and I'm seeing it more and more because we're having all of these characters come back, and I just ended up turning the dub off. I've just replied. I've done that recently myself. Actually, like I've come to a point yeah. where some dubs are just really 
not hitting the mark at They're all. Not. I've just mentally replaced a bunch of Christopher Lee lines oh with Deku. <laughs> Why would you do this to me, man? You did this to yourself. I have really no control over this thing. Like, okay, so as in you're imagining Deku as Saruman. Please, please enlighten us with <laughs> that. Please enlighten us with I, some of these. I cannot. Well, no, what, you, what, you can't what, put that into the no, universe no, okay. and not do it. What quote in particular? What What's come to mind? We must join him, Gandalf Sarden. Oh... <laughs> Dear. We we put that on ourselves, really. We really did. That mm. was terrible. Yeah, I'm, no, look, I'm not a voice uh, actor. Well, let, let's do it the other mm-hmm. way around. I want you to do a Deku quote in Saruman's voice. Give me a Deku quote. So how about, this is the story of how I became the greatest hero. This is a story about, I, but I can believe Christopher Lee said Yeah, that. I know, but do it, <laughs> do it, do it. This is a story about how I became the greatest hero. It's not bad. A little bit more. You need some more pauses in there. Can you do Deku's voice by any chance? No. Oh, how to do Deku's voice? I don't think I've got the vocal range for it. I'm just trying to think. This is the. Oh, no, I can't. This is the story of how. No, it's. You're on it. I need a a tank of helium and someone (laughs) to just kick me right in. Greatest hero. This is how I became the greatest hero. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) The closest we're going to get. Believe it. <laughs> well played. Oh. Um, so I saw that coming a mile watching, away. Um, I have been watching Shippuden. It is still good. Oh, um, always will just be. not a fan of the dub. Um, obviously, each their own, but I just mm. feel like, especially when you've, like, I, I watched the original all in Japanese when it was coming right. out, and therefore, for me, shifting to that dub voice, it just, it, it's too jarring. Yeah. Um, whereas if you'd watched dub from the start, yeah, fine. Whatever. And that's with me with um, Fruits Basket. I've watched it from the dub, so I can't yeah. go. And it, the same it's with so Doctor hard. Stone as well. Yeah. I imagine it'd be because ve- Doctor no, Stone. Like I haven't. Uh, no, I was going to say I haven't actually seen the uh, new dub for Doctor Stone yet. It's, it's not bad. It's actually probably one of the best dubs mm. out there. Mm. I've, I've said this many times actually before. Like, well, look, it's a Crunchyroll dub. Um, and mm, funny, I was pretty sure it was a Crunchyroll dub. I'll double check. Hang on. Um, um, I, I thought. Look, Doctor Stone um, was a originally a Crunchy on, show only on yeah. Crunchyroll. Um, I can't remember if the dub wouldn't surprise me if it was one of theirs. Then suggesting it's potentially. I mean, a they would have started dub. on it. No, no, no. It's it's definitely funny. I'm pretty sure because it's all on Anime Lab and stuff. It is like. on it is on Funimation oh. with the dub. Um, I'm just going to check yeah, on Crunchyroll. They have the rights to the dub, and Crunchyroll has the rights to the sub. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that old right sharing agreement. Yeah. yeah, no, that and that's fair, and it does. Yeah, okay. Um, there is a German dub. A French dub, Portuguese, and Spanish dub on anime uh, oh, on Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll yeah. I kind of want to hear the German dub now. I want to hear the German dub with Attack on Titan. <laughs> Maybe they'll say War Maria right. <laughs> yeah. No, really, I, I think that'd be amazing. Oh it, no, it would be. But look, if you have been kind of sitting and you watched the original Naruto series but never got into mm. Shippuden, then I, I'd recommend it. Like season one to eight, straight away is good. Yeah. Um, there's no filler in that. Between eight to thirteen, there are spots of filler uh-huh. here and that. Season nine is pretty much all filler. Mm. Let's be honest. After, after the pain fight, it's just all filler for How a bit. How the movies uh, work? Uh, non-canonical. Oh, okay. So I was the, gonna say if they're like you know the, those movies where they kind of do like a rundown of that season. It's so- yeah, no, nah, they're, they're like the Dragon Ball movies where they're a, a movie set in that universe but not connected to the timeline. Yeah, line. I think there are very very few anime like movies attached to series which are strictly canonical. Uh, Mugen Train for uh, Demon Slayer is a recent yeah. one which is Made in Abyss. Ooh, yeah, yes. Be- well, because yeah, previously Made in Abysses were just remakes of the series, and then this third, the third film, is um, a which, sequel. Uh, and just a, a, a fair, obviously, warning: Made in Abyss is incredibly. Disturbing. I was actually oh, yeah. about to say, are we even allowed to talk about that? We we, we cannot actually 
that show talk is about kind of terrible. I, I can't even bring myself to watch that third movie. That's how scared I am. Oh. I'm reading the manga. Don't watch the third movie. <laughs> you will not be happy. It's um, it's a lot. M- moving on. Um, Vafa, you've also have been watching something that I'm very fond of, and now you've jumped on the bandwagon as well. I started watching Lupin. Yes. yes. <laughs> Another one. We got one. Uh, look, okay, so when Aaron spoke about it that time and how he was really obsessed with it and things like that, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, he got Aaron too. And then um, my friend, Meki, um, she was talking about, because she's, wor- she's in Japan at the moment, she's um, working in, and she was like, oh, I'm going to put Lupin on. I was like, why are you putting Lupin on? She's like, it's really, really, really good. You need to watch it. <laughs> I was like, funny, because Kyle also says, I really need to watch it as well. And I, it was on the podcast, and you know, Aaron was talking about it as well. And I was like, was everyone's saying they're watching it. I might as well just bite the bullet and just start and watch it. And yeah. See what it's all about. Because, yeah. And yeah. I, I watched the first movie, um, Castle. Castle of, of Cagliostro? I can't say that word, but you, thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, It's a invented European country. Uh-huh. I was so obsessed with it. Just I know. <laughs> how good it is, like... For the old star animation, it was ahead of its time. My mm-hmm. goodness! Oh, like we've uh, we've spoken about this before. This was one of Miyazaki's first ones. Yeah, yeah. And it, it says a lot when one of Miyazaki's. I mean, admittedly, the writer of um, Lupin, Monkey Punch, didn't like the way Miyazaki characterized um, Lupin. Oh, well, he thought Lupin. No, and everyone agrees he's yeah. wrong. Um, but Lupin is a bit more conniving. And yeah. but the thing is, is that when you have a look at season one, two, and three of Lupin, he's quite conniving. Yeah, and then. As the film started coming out, and Cagliostro came out during Lupin, the first season uh-huh. of Lupin the Third, um, the ne- the subsequent films didn't perform as well as Castle of Cagliostro uh-huh. because Lupin was unrelatable. And then they got to Lupin season four, um, which is set in France. No, in Italy, sorry. Yes, that's right. The part three one? Uh, part four. Part four is set in... Um, so which is the one which has the wedding of Rebecca? That's part four. That's part four. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the wedding, wedding with oh. Rebecca's part four. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now. That's um, actually where I started as and well. His character's a lot more admirable in that series. He onwards. really is, actually. And it's like it's, he's he's still mm. that uh, you know, cunning, devious, right. underhanded monkey man, but he's also very, very gentlemanly when he wants to be. Yes. He, to, I, I think the easiest way to explain it is that his character has grown with the time. Yeah. Unlike some other franchises which date back to then, like James Bond's character hasn't really evolved no. with the time. I mean, that that might be the might be different based on the upcoming film. Um, because I, I, do we is it even out? I think it's been delayed again. I think it's been End delayed year, again. And the, yeah. yeah. So because um, that was meant to be out last. And I think year. that's the last Daniel Craig one as well. If I'm yeah, not it mistaken. Yeah, it is. But uh, over the course of when Daniel Craig's be, uh, been in that right. role, the character has evolved and become more compassionate, more human, yeah. and less of a creep. Yeah. And I- like, Monkey Punch's character, well, Lupin has basically just done that over the past two decades mm. without anyone telling him so. Kind of an offhand thing, but I remember like, what was it, five or six years ago when they were rumouring that Idris Elba would be the next James Bond. He, he could still be. I think he could be. Oh, I think be that's, s- that's very possible. I, I watched Luther religiously way back oh, when. and He was good. Oh, he would be so good. But yeah, no, Lupin, just that movie was incredible and like the chase scenes and just the oh, characters well, and everything about oh, it. That's right. You weren't able to come with no. us to the cinemas for um, seeing Lupin the Third, the first, the CG one. And that is... Just and someone else perfection. that I know has said that too, and it's, she's like, "I love this movie," and I'm like, "I haven't seen it yet." It is a love oh. letter to everything that's come before. Everything about it harkens back to something in a little way. But it's so funny because, like, you know, 
I know Carl speaks about it religiously. He's got the figures and stuff like that. Yep. You've talked about it so much as well. But like I said, I jumped in on the bandwagon late. Uh, Kyle showed me like his collection of like uh, all the Lupin movies and all the Lupin series. Yeah. And it's like looking at uh, like Detective Conan or something right, like that. Yeah. There's too much. Where do you start? But, um, that, it was very intimidating. I was going to say, and that's one of the best things about it. There is actually hundreds of jumping in points on it. And that's one of the mm. things which makes it so accessible and why it's been so successful. Because you don't... It's while each season has its own arcing story, that doesn't necessarily translate to changes for the next season that are important. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've said the character has grown and matured, but he's still somehow the same. Yeah. And yeah. so because of that consistency, you can practically come in at any point and know what's going I on. I think my thing was, because I felt like it probably was like a really a male-orientated kind oh, of it is. Um, anime. Yeah. But, you know, obviously my friend's saying like, you know, it's actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. You would really like it. I was like, I'll, I'll, tr- I'll try. <laughs> but no, honestly, it it was so compelling and like really, actually, like you, loves a certain character. Oh yeah, F- Fujiko is an incredible character. She is literally one, of, literally one of the classic Top-tier sort of femme man, fatales. She exemplifies that entire archetype. It's she perfect. does. And the thing is, like, because um, I watched it in Japanese, the movie. And I loved it in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But Anime Lab only has the, the dub. dub. Yeah, but the dub's really good. Because, and the dub's really good. Because it was during the stage when Disney was doing all the casting for anything that um, Miyazaki had worked on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got big name people doing it. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And then, obviously, um, the next part was also on Anime. So I'm just slowly going through that. And I'm telling you now, like... Yeah, it's good. It's really good. <laughs> yes, victory. Oh, join excellent. us, join, join us. Um, so yeah, ch- check out uh, check out Lupin, as I keep saying. <laughs> <laughs> but we do need to move on and talk about something that we mentioned a bit earlier. Nana is back. Kawaii Fire Radio. I think I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. No. Well, we are talking about Nana, 2006 music series. It's a comedy, drama, romance, shoujo slice of life based on a long-running manga, which still isn't finished. No. Wait, what? Yep. That's why there's been no part two. <laughs> I would give anything for a part two, to be honest. I, say that I, again. How long has this been going? Ooh. The manga, ooh, long time, quite a while. I, I, it's a, I'd say twenty years, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it Hells. has been on hiatus though as well, and that was the issue. Um, mm. I believe the manga went on hiatus shortly after the series finished, and it hasn't come back. Nope. And that is... Uh, Which is a, a big sour point with a lot of fans because mm. they want closure and it's not fair. They're not getting the closure. And I'm not getting the closure yeah. either. But. Okay, 2000 to 2009. Went on hiatus at Chapter 84. Yep, that's um, And just, no, that's not fair. I'm I'm well, really annoyed by it because I, Yazawa, created this and a lot of others as well and just hasn't really gone back. I wonder why, though. There has to be some reason... <laughs> for it. I mean, you have a look at the list of manga she's done. There's a decent amount. She did Paradise Kiss, oh, Paradise. Um, so uh, Gokinjo Monogatari, Ballad Made Sobani Ite. I swear, we could do a whole Marine episode Blue. on this, to be honest. Like the, yeah, we could. Um, but look, she's done a lot, but we don't know. Th- there's the no real big, like, explicitly said reason why it went on hiatus. It was just, oh, it's gone on hiatus for the author to look after something. And that's that's all I could find out in an article. It's like, it's the author, author has 
personal commitments that needed to be attended to. Maybe she has family or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like um, it didn't seem to be a medical issue or anything like that. So mm. I, I honestly don't know why. But the reason we're talking about it is that the license for it for Funimation ran out and you couldn't yeah. get it. And High Dive, also owned by Sentai Filmworks, they have bought the rights to it They've got it on High Dive streaming in Japanese, and the dub is being re-released every two weeks. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. this has caused confusion. Big confusion to because us. Because we thought it was a new dub. And I was hoping it was going to be a new dub as mm-hmm. well. Um, but no, they're just releasing the dubbed episodes, two episodes at a time every week, uh-huh. which makes no sense. If no, you've got them all... got 52 episodes already, bang. Just drop the them dub. there. Just drop them out. You're good. Now, I'm wondering why they're doing that, actually, because like... Are they trying to like bring back that appeal, like you know, the weekly two episode thing? thing? I'm I'm wondering mm. if this is High Dive's attempt to feel like they're part of the weekly I release schedule, so. seeing as they never get any shows as part of a streaming <laughs> I service. I feel that's what it is actually, because the only so this is sort of their uh, foray into that sort of thing. Slow, but it's taken up. They've been around for a while now. Well, I mean, yeah. the other thing as well is that if you have these on DVD already, yeah, I mean, admittedly, you're you're going to get these in HD, sure. Yeah. But if you've already if you already own it, why would you wait? Well, that's what I can't understand. Like, they like, did that with Domestic Girlfriend. They did it with Bang Dream as well, mm. which is weird. It is, is really weird because, like, I mean, we're, we're used to seeing delayed dubs. Right. Like, two so, weeks, maybe. Well, two, even a season in some cases. Yeah. At the moment, some of the Anime Lab and uh, Funimation dubs are a season behind because of Fair. the COVID yeah. stuff. However, it's unusual for a show which is over a decade old and right. already has been released to be re-released in a weekly schedule. Because the way they said it as well, they were like, we're going to drop it all on, you know, mm. on High Dive. And I was like, yes, I get to binge watch it. Just like, not all at once. Because they're like, you know, it's going to be remastered. It's going to be in HD. And everyone's like, okay, wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I have concerns but about that, having watched uh, Evangelion on Netflix. No, 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 no. They didn't it, change anything, did no, they? No, no, no. So that's the thing. People were hoping for a new dub of the way because yes. Sentai Filmworks' dubs mm. are typically fantastic. They're, they're I prefer usually, them, honestly. They're usually one of the best in the business. That's fair. However, the way they phrased the release information, this is on all three press releases I've seen, suggests that they were creating a new dub. And I was Not that they were re-releasing dub from 2007, hmm. which is really confusing. Actually, uh, Fafa, could you take us through what's it all about? Nana is about two girls. Both share the same name. Mm. Now, the thing is they meet on a train because they want to go to Tokyo. They're both, you know, small town girls, but mm. they decide that they're going to take this chance to go to Tokyo. They both end up sitting next to each other, both very different in their own, like one's a rock star, want to be rock she, star. She wants to be punk rock. Punk rock. Mm. So sort of like the short dyed hair and yep. like spiky clothes and stuff like that. You know, the safety pinners, earrings Eek. and everything yeah. like that. Perfect. Very um, whereas the other Nana is just your typical happy-go-lucky girl. Like everything's all bright and starry. Like nothing could go wrong. Everything, the typical Tokyo wannabe girl kind of thing. I get you. So there's Komatsu, who is the more starry-eyed of the pair. Right. The, the more you know, she, she she's a country girl in the big city, her and nickname, she goes there chasing her yeah. boyfriend. And her nickname is Hachi. 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 Mm. Um, and then you've got Nana Osaki. Yes. Um, O is the enigmatic punk rock vocalist from a similarly rural background who nurtures the desire to become a professional singer and she puts her career with a fairly popular band behind her to go mm. to Tokyo. Interesting. 
I wonder, because uh, we saw another series with uh, similar context not so long ago, Carol and Tuesday. Oh, no, 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 no. No. No, you wouldn't, no. You wouldn't no. put them in the same... So, there, there are, while there are similarities on purely a musical, musical. front, um, the other girl, uh, Komatsu, is not musical to my At knowledge. All. no. Oh. So, it's... Uh, um, it's a friendship which deepens because they both have a similar spark. Okay, how I can explain the starry-eyed one? Stands and like big fan girls. Uh, that's what she's like, right? And her obsession becomes part of the storyline as well. So you'll see. This is where it gets. D- really does she go full Arapio? Uh, <laughs> not not really, as bad, but she. This is part of the story, like. The love triangle kind of thing plays a part, massive part regarding uh, that. Oh, and for those who aren't aware, Eripio is the lead character of If My Favorite Pop Idol Made It to Budokan, I Would Die. Which is amazing. Go mm-hmm. watch that one as well. But um, It was my proper introduction to idol culture, and I still don't best, get it. It's <laughs> the best way to get into idol it culture, really that is. one. Anyway, so back with Nana. and the, So the girls meet on the train. They Everything seems to intertwine with their mm. life because eventually they reconnect again and they become housemates. Uh-huh. I don't want to spoil it too much, but so, well, really look, I, I like I like how they've kind of summed it here. Um, yeah. Their friendship deepens. The two attempt to support each other through thick and thin. Their deeply entwined lives filled with romance, music, challenges, and heartbreaks that only test their unbreakable bond. Yeah, and that that's a pretty good way to sum it up, I think, as well. The best thing about Nana is it was actually really real. Yeah, like for anime to go where it went. Mm. It, it touches on a lot of themes that aren't typically discussed no. to do with, you know, growing up, maturing, learning your place in the world. You I know, think it also was like, because I said like how it was real. Like it didn't feel like, you know, how typical anime is like, oh, it's, everything's going to be okay. And stuff. No. no, when these characters felt something or they went through something, you we all felt it. You, you weren't sure it would turn out all right. You were, sh- you were like, is this where things go bad? Yeah. And it actually does go bad at points. And you're like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is not for children. No, definitely not for De- children. It, it, um, th- this one does have a um, bit more of a harder rating. It's R in the US, but it's R seventeen. Yeah. Um, in the UK, it's on the high end of the M spectrum, yeah. and same here in Australia, high end of M. Like, spectrum. Uh, what kind of additional themes are we looking uh, th- at? There's nudity Everything. and adult themes. Fair enough. That'd probably Everything. be the easiest way to explain it. Um, um, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, you watch the show; the characters are unbelievable. Because they're so deep with their storylines and, you know, the... They're well-developed. Very well-developed. Like, so that's well what written. makes this this whole series... So, like, everyone in my age group, like, growing up, we related so hard to this because it was, like... I mean, in particular for, like, the female audience, yeah. th- this in particular was very... Th- this was the equivalent of, like, Sailor Moon. It was the next step along the journey if you are a massive anime up. fan. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm still coming into this new, but yeah, I've heard about this, like I said before, and I'm starting to understand its staying power mm-hmm. now. It uh, the well, like, the music was amazing. Music was amazing. Writing was amazing. Mm-hmm. Animation for for the time oh, it I came out is beautiful. It's yeah, a little, it's a little unique. The style, I I know I've seen it somewhere Paradise before. Kiss. Ah, because mm-hmm. it's again the same um, same writer, same writer. Yeah. Yes, that whole like big eyes, stylized, sh- crazy pastel colors, I love. and that's my 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 thing. That was my generation growing up, so I'm mm-hmm. obviously going to just go with that all the time. Now, here's another thing as well. The manga won the Shogakun Manga Award for the shoujo category. Um, that was in two, th- I think it was around 2006. It won that. Um, just before the actual yes. anime adaptation yeah, yeah, yeah. was announced. Mm-hmm. Um, it sold more than 40 million copies. Mm. So it's it's done its rounds, and that's you know. 
know, back in the time when we weren't getting it in the West as that well. Is so that, that's pretty good, pretty good innings. So this was the show that I actually had to get off eBay, like find really mm. hard because you can't find a DVD copy of it. Yeah. Uh, like it, it went out of print like three years after it came out. Yeah, I managed to get it. Like I was happy to get like the Australian copy of. And now Sentai are re-releasing it, and I'm mm-hmm. buying it 100% buying on it. Blu-ray with special features and so everything. It's streaming and it's getting a reprint. That's decent. But yeah. I really wanted a new dub. Yeah, I, see, I think. That, so he, here's the challenge: like the old dub's not bad. It's not. It's great. It's it's actually a really good dub. And good see, dub. that's why I kind of want to disagree with you. But I'm a purist, so well, of I mean, I well, the the issue is, is we've seen what Netflix does when they get told to make dubs. Exactly. That, that's the issue here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if Sentai did make the new dub, it would have justice. They would have done a really good justice. Mm. And there's always going to be that question around translation mm. and how well something has been translated, or if it could have been done better. Because there are some things in the original dub that were not translated correctly and if it got a re-release now i would have imagined uh, it would I, have done it better t- to be honest it's been so long since the original came out half the people who used to watch it probably work there now right so <laughs> you know they, they are probably well aware of the this glaring that errors one i feel like all the actors would have been literally fighting to get back on back yeah. on a role because it's that, that amazing that big and i was thinking oh maybe we'll get a, a netflix release and things like that i'm actually really happy it got the high dive release oh because so am i like, it's the best platform for it. It's it's kind of interesting because look, I mean, edging a little bit close away from our PG rating here, but High Dive in particular have been more championing more adult content in particular. Yeah. Um, and it is literally on their front page for a certain series we are aware of and will not name we'll because name children should not ever watch ever. it. Um, but they're going. You I can feel see like that's the, just attracting people. You to can it see more. the fully uncut version of this. And it's like. Uncut, but like it's not. But, um, but that's a good thing about High Dive and Sentai in that aspect because they actually are producing that that content for the older yeah viewers. I, they, they are. I think I actually like that uh, specialization. Yeah. I agree because look, let, let's be honest. When um, a certain series last year, which was bordering on not being safe for broadcast, was pulled off of uh, oh, Funimation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sentai was fine with continuing it because their audience were expecting that quality they of content. Well? They ended up picking it up. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and that they were f- sorry, not Sentai. High Dive, their streaming service, was more than happy to pick it up and continue with it because their audience understand that their platform tends to be have that more mature content there. If you're interested, and Anime Lab had it as well, didn't they? Uh, for Anime Lab, Funimation, pretty, pretty much everything had it. Everything so. underneath the Funimation <laughs> band, anything underneath Billy Billy and Muse's band, yeah, all of them had it. So it was on everywhere until they realised what exactly the, was that they had. The no, third episode. Anime, Anime Lab kept going with it. Um, mm, they got a different version, yeah. of it. The very um, censored version. They got the much more censored version of it, but they still ran it. So. They still ran it. But um, look, like here's the thing as well, like. When it comes to doing dubs and so on, I would much rather have literally Sentai over anyone. I'm with you. I don't know. Because I, I've... Bucket was the only dub I was a bit... Mm, okay. Yeah. But, um... But, like, if you have a look, like, no, no offence to Funimation or Crunchyroll, but sometimes their casting directors are misstepping and sometimes atrociously. And what I like about Sentai is they do take Funimation actors as well as their own. Yeah. And they, they know what's, you know... They will fit mm. their role. Yes, they have their Sentai pool of actors, but they will pull. Yeah, if if they, if for, for argument's sake, when they're doing like the dubs for like, um, 
Neon Genesis, if they couldn't get one of the original actors to do it, they would, they would go and get someone with a voice as similar and yes. as close as possible, as opposed to just fully recasting that character. Because ADV is pretty much Sentai. Yeah. So that's the, that's well, the, the, a, Sentai are the remains of ADV. ADV. Sorry, I'm just still extremely sore about what they did to Evangelion. Yeah, and oh, a lot, don't lot, even no, get please. me started. A lot, on that. a lot of people are, and that's because the what when ADV collapsed in the states, the rights were a disaster. Like it, it was basically people bidding on things, a, a literally like a, a bank. Uh, what, what do they call it? It's like a bidding war. Uh, a foreclosure bidding auction. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So basically they yeah. went, you guys have gone into administration. You cannot afford any of this. We're going to sell all your assets to get as much money back as possible. And then that resulted in basically what's happened with Neon Genesis because the rights for the dub are owned by a private holder, I believe, yeah. whereas the rights to the actual show. show were owned by a different group as well. Mm. And the, they weren't willing to do it. And then there's the same issue again. Um, Netflix didn't want to pay for the no. 18 different versions of Fly Me to the Moon because they're tight. Ridiculous. And yet they'll drop how much on Friends? You know, <laughs> you know what I hate? I know it's sort of the natural progression of uh, like conversation, stuff like that, but... We always seem to come back to talking about like rights and copyrights and stuff like that. Mm. I just, I want to talk more about anime. <laughs> I know we've ended up but in a world. It's that thing, though. It's, it's like, the sign of the times, isn't it? It is. I was thinking maybe if Nana got on Netflix, we would have had the proper re-release. Like it would have probably all dropped at one time and things like that. Or, or they would have actually done the dub. They they would have dropped it in segments like they did for uh, Great Pretender. Great Pretender, yes. Yeah. Now, if Netflix took on a nut, I'm just trying to think. Like, yes, Sentai would have had a really great dub. I can even picture who oh, would yeah. be in the roles and everything. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, Netflix would have had some relatively good actors in it. I would have imagined. No. Like they would have had that. Nah, they would have no. had L. A. Come on. No, Netflix would have went for unknown, so they didn't have to pay them too much. Okay. The, yeah, it's it the Netflix be, way. Yeah, true. It's um, unfortunately like look, Netflix does put out some incredible content, but anime is not one of them. No, like that's it's true. it's very rare. Like as as we were discussing, like the rare sparkling example of animation on Netflix is Castlevania, and that's not even Japanese. However, we will be talking about one that's coming up very soon. Well, hmm. yeah, but Netflix didn't create it. No, of and course not. And they didn't not. dub it. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like Castlevania qualifies. It is very anime style. It, it's yeah, but it's. It's well, that's like saying Ruby's anime, and it's not. Yeah. Uh, what about? Oh, here's here's a tricky one. I mean, I know it's very much more. Just, Avatar: The Last Airbender yes. is not anime. It is Western anime animation influence. influenced by yeah. wet Japanese animation. Still think it totally counts. It could, Look, but I reckon yeah. that introduced a bunch of people to but anime. This is where we get to that argument: is what do we classify as anime now? It's quite simple. It's the literal trademark name Jap- for a Japanese industry. Japanese, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's it's literally how it works. Anyway, we've yeah. well diverted from Nana. So look, Nana is <laughs> a great series. Please um, watch it. It is over on High Dive, being re-released every two weeks. The entire Japanese version is on there. I believe it's almost free to watch with ads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on region, um, the dubs. Is four, six, by the time this goes live, yeah. episodes in English. And don't get me wrong, I love the dub, but watch it in Japanese as well because mm. it's just, 
it's your gateway to understanding soju. Um, soju. <laughs> it's your gateway to understanding this really nice alcohol. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, they do drink a lot in this show. But um, yeah. yeah, it's all about friendship. It's all about love. Um, you will go in a bit shocked um, because of some of the content that they do talk about in there. Mm. Um, they, they don't shy away from anything. But you know what? It's one of those shows you watch it once and then you rewatch it again. And you're like, ah, no, that makes it. Because when you watch it the yeah. first time, you're like, why did this happen? And you watch it again, it's like, well, actually, no, that makes sense why this has happened. I do kind of like the idea of shows like that, though. Shows which actually present Man, those sort of challenging themes and it. stuff. Because you, like, people who watch yeah. that are going to walk away with it with questions, but they're also going to walk away a little tougher. All right, well, we are running out of time because we've been talking about everything for too long. Let's jump over and talk about what's been making news this fortnight. Wi-Fi Radio. Tonight on Anime Communicate. Great story, compelling and rich. Nothing brings ratings up like a little controversy. And in a controversy that has surprised absolutely no one, Demon Slayer has won the special prize at the Tezuka Manga Awards 2021. Um, no controversy there. It's not the grand prize winner, not the new creator prize, not the short work prize. They just decided it needed a prize. What? So they just made a They own... just made a prize. They do this every year. They just kind of decide, you know what? This one's been big enough and brought enough acclaim to the industry. Yeah, let's give it a prize. It, I mean, it kind of has. Have you seen how well it is selling in the States? Oh, I know. It's insane. Has it kind been of... uh, Neon Genesis released, though? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's wow! It's, yes. Oh, it's it's well it's well outstripped Neon Genesis fourth film. It's, it's outstripped Marvel and DC in print. Unbelievable! The, the, yeah, the other thing as well is that the Neon Genesis film has run into three lockdowns in its release schedule, whereas mm. Demon Slayer has just been there running Absolutely. for a year because there was nothing else to put in the cinema. Pretty much. Um, so you know, I don't think to be honest, I don't think we'll ever see anything um, outstretch Demon Slayer in Japan, and I think that's purely because Ooh. of the circumstances it's been released. There was nothing else. I don't know. I feel like there will be. You never oh, there, say well, look, never. There, there will be something, but it's not going to be for 50 years. Yeah. But like, so, it's, but it's so for the Tesco Awards, this got a special prize. And I mean... This year's Tesco Awards are amazing. Uh, yeah. The, have you seen the winners? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, let, let's go through this. So Land is the first series in this um set that we want to talk about. And it's a pretty phenomenal series. Um, it's a manga that's been running for about five years, I think now. Um, and I actually ended up trying to find some of it to read last night. And it's it's good. So what's it about, though? It's a series that is set in a valley. Okay. Um, and it's set on this land, which is surrounded by four gods. And everyone dies at the age of 50. Interesting. So the moment you hit 50, you die. Just... Just like yeah, that, just like, just like that. That's that's it. Is Kira writing your name in a death note? No, nothing, nothing like that. Um, uh. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be pretty pretty funny if it is. Um, so, do they just keel over, heart attack like a death note, or is it more a Mister Stark? I don't I, feel I, so good. I, I I haven't gotten to that part because the only. English version I've been able to find because there's not an official translation is a fan scan, and. I'm not entirely sure their translation is accurate. Interesting. So I've read the first two chapters and the the it opens up with, you know, two twins, one who's believed to be cursed and the other who's not, and the one of the cursed twin is left at the border of the valley underneath one of these god statues, which apparently come to life after dark. Ooh. And these are towering. We're talking like colossal titan sized statues. Um uh-huh. 
Yeah. Intriguing. Now, um, so here we go. The story is set in a land where death takes all those who reach the age of 50. Anne, the older sister of two twins, was still a baby when she was offered up for sacrifice in the mountains by her village's priestly officials. Through this custom of sending people to the other world, the village remains protected by the gods. Outside of the gods' protection is the afterlife. Now, I th- this could be uh, Attack on Titan situation where outside of the walls is there's nothing else but i i feel like it is a case that you can go out there and there's the rest of the world it's almost like a garden of eden situation what, like promised neverland um hmm. no not 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 so much promised neverland i wouldn't say um th- this definitely has a feeling where it's um so i'm then- thinking more it was a m night Shyamalan movie from ages ago called the village yeah i wonder if it's how that. they sort of have their little paradise which is sort of like a gated community, but outside that is... Monsters. The, like, the, the risen, monsters, but, but know, then the real world. Because it's Shyamalan, what a twist. Um, <laughs> but um, actually, I sent some pictures um, when I was reading it last mm. night to the chat, and in those pictures, there's just this colossal Grim Reaper statue and these four, uh, three other statues which kind of are the tower, bound, above tower above the valley. That's creepy, but I want to see it. Yeah, and I think, like, to be honest, like this has got... There's at least 70 chapters... Why does it feel like SAO to me for some reason? I don't think it's... Yeah, it's, it definitely doesn't have any technology. It's very no, much... you know what I mean? Like yeah. the other world and then the actual outside world kind of thing. Ah, uh, I follow. Yeah, no, could, no. Uh, Kyle, could you see something like this being made animated oh, soon? Oh, God, yeah. I, I can see um, Mappa getting it on this one, to be honest. It's Ooh. got. It's definitely their art style. Def- that it would be so comfortable for them to do it. Um, Mappa or... Oh, Wit. Wit Studios. I don't know. No, I was gonna say A one, but no, oh, no, w- no, 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 Look, no, no, I, no, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Like after how colossally Cloverworks stuffed up last season, Cloverworks are a sister studio A one originally under them, yeah. and A one have consistently stuffed up. I, I don't trust them to adapt anything correctly. That's mm. fair. Except Horimiya. Clo- Cloverworks did all right. <laughs> But yeah, no fair. The the we fact know, that the, we the, know. the person they brought in to do Promise Netherland was from A one, so that that tells you everything you need to know. It's just like, just like we'll, we'll just we'll just go and borrow this person. My disgust. Yeah, it was a disaster. Now that that's just one of them. So that was the grand prize winner. That's been running since 2014 in Morning Magazine. Uh-huh. The new creator prize. This is one that has been released in the past 12 months. Okay. It's called Friren Beyond Journey's End or Soso no Friren. It's a fantasy story that follows the travels of Friren, an elf who once journeyed on perilous adventures to defeat the evil, uh, defeat evil with her comrades. They defeat the demon king. Peace comes to the land, but she then has to watch as all of her companions die as she ages. Wow. Oh, that is, because she's immortal. That's heavy. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's apparently super heavy, very emotional. And the artwork, I had a quick peek of it last night, is just beautiful. Such good line work. Ooh. Very, like, th- this... This, feels there. this would get a 12-episode adaptation and yeah. then they'd wrap up the end. <laughs> I'm honestly starting to think I need to pay a lot of attention to like uh, these awards mm-hmm. because I can definitely see things like these being made well, into... Rem- like. 
award-winning anime. I was going to say, remember the last two years of awards have brought on great anime. So Beastars won one of these. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who. Uh, let me see. Last year's. But yeah, it's sort of like the anti-Oscars. If, they, if they, these awards yeah. appear for these things, well, you know they're going to be none good. None of the anime won an Oscar this year. To, to, be, like. to considering none of the anime was even nominated. Ridiculous. Which, and some of the stuff that was nominated was just... Ridiculous. It's just the same just old... ridiculous, because it well, really was ridiculous. It's just the same Pixar and Disney stuff yeah, that's pumped out every year. Or DreamWorks. If or DreamWorks, lucky. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just not great. Soulless. Um, but uh, Well, yeah, but you know what? I would have given... So, Disney, last yeah. year, um, the... Oh, man, just the list from last year. So, Nick's No Lantern um, ended up winning the award, and that was really good. I think I did hear about that one. Yeah, it was good. Um... Jitterbug the 40s won the grand prize in 2019. Um, Sounds great. Ario Hoshizuku won the new creator prize. Little Miss P won the short work prize, which is um, literally a lady walking around with the physical embodiment of that time of the month walking with her. Oh, no. Um, And it beats her up and stuff like that. And it got made into a live action series with a plush um, uterus basically wandering around. Stop. It is hilarious. Sure. <laughs> no, we can. This this, this is educational. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah. bet it is. But you like uh, oh, I can uh, actually sorry. See that last to a year's bunch of last year's winner was the blue period. Um, not to do with uh, menstruation. It's to do oh. with um, uh, <laughs> not at all to do with the menstruation at all. No, so, not at all. <laughs> Yatori Yagaruchi excels in schools well liked by his peers, but inside he's a high school boy grappling with emptiness and frustration. That is until one day when he finds himself fascinated by a painting. The painting's impact drives uh, Yatoro to throw himself into the harsh and beautiful world of art. Wow. So, heavy. yeah, and it is literally art. And he joins an art class which <laughs> is about to be shut down unless they get one <laughs> more member. Wouldn't surprise me. Sorry. All right. So, look, um and the um short work prize is everything okay for uh, I just saw a message that we might have another case of covid. Oh, I really hope that's not the case. We've we've all been good. We've been keeping our masks on. Yeah, our so. premier's going to be talking a little bit. So. All right. Well, yeah. we'll keep an eye out for that. Um now, um the Short work prizes were a little bit more niche, and short work prizes do tend to be a bit more niche. So you've got um, Kita Mamatomo, which centers on a group of mothers who meet in their children's kindergarten and become friends. Um, you've got Suma wa Kuchi o Kite Kuramasen, which centers on a family of four, a husband, wife, son, and daughter. One day, the wife starts not to say anything except the absolute bare minimum, and the husband racks his mind for why. So, yeah, they're, they're short works. They're designed to be sort of like the for coma short panels works and so forth. Um, and they're not necessarily ones that will get anime adaptations. Yeah. But uh, the, the rest, like Land in particular, just based on the art style, if that doesn't get adapted in the next decade, I am... I'm going to be really disappointed because mm. I'm actually going to see if there's anyone who's actually adapting that now because because it's won that, I'm sure Viz Media is going to pick it up. Like I was, uh, I think I was talking to Aaron about this earlier is there is like just not enough sort of like dark fantasy stuff out there. Yeah, There's well, a bit, but not so much. Um, there, there, there are, but there's not enough. Yeah. And that, that's kind there's of too the many issue. bright and shiny isekais. Yeah. I'm Everything's saying it right isekai. now. <laughs> you are right. But um, look, 
the these tend to be a good indication of a strong anime contender yeah. that's coming in the next few years. Um, Demon Slayer did win it in the past as well when it was in in production and so on. So I'd say keep an so eye yeah, out for just these. Just keep an eye on these so, awards. Basically. Well, Land and Free Run uh, Beyond Journey's End will both okay. likely get an adaptation nice. in the next three years. Fantastic. Um, now Netflix mm. have announced literally a few days ago that. A certain a magical franchise yes. that has been in cinemas and been delayed due to the ongoing pandemic will be heading to their service on June 3rd. Internationally, oh, really? everywhere. Mm-hmm. Sailor Moon Eternal is finally dropping on Netflix. <laughs> Fantastic. The worst kept secret in the world yeah. for anime fans. Um, we all knew it was going to go on Netflix. It was no brainer. If it didn't, we'd be very surprised. We would have been extremely surprised. I mean, because they lost all the other like streaming rights beforehand with the other services mm-hmm. and stuff like Hulu and things like that. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, like we knew it was coming. We... Wait, is Hulu dead? Oh, well, <laughs> I think the partnership with. Oh, with Sailor Moon's gone. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair. I was sitting there going, has Hulu oh, gone just, under? Actually, or have they picked it up? One of the two. I think it was Someone Viz, picked it up and someone Viz, lost it. Viz might have lost a... Ru- uh, we'll have to look that one up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anyway, so anyway. Sailor Moon, the Eternal films, it's film one and two. Yes. Um, one was meant to come out last year on September, mm. but obviously delayed till January. And then the second film opened in February on schedule anyway. Yeah, yeah. So worked out well. So, I mean, it was on Netflix Japan anyway, but, you know, we couldn't really watch it unless you had a VPN and yep. you understood Japanese. So mm. we were kind of all waiting and waiting and waiting for this um, to finally be announced because if it was on Japanese Netflix, you're guaranteed oh, yeah. you're going to get on this. You'd hope so. What was really interesting is um, this is the movie that is now the sequel to Sailor Moon Crystal. Mm-hmm. Which so, didn't do particularly Ugh. well. There, there Look, were there were issues with the adaptation. It was more yeah. accurate. It was more accurate to the manga. To the manga, but, but it, yeah. th- because of that, it removed some of the charm. Yeah, I mean, the third season was at point better than the first two seasons because it, mm. they changed the animation style a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, made it a bit more engaging, so to speak. It was still pretty yeah. poor. So, can confirm, Saloon is on Hulu. It's um, Hulu. Okay, yeah. there we go. I mean, for Australian viewers, it is on Anime Lab and they've dropped all of it now. So. Oh, oh, yeah, my partner's watching it all. Yeah. So <laughs> now, believe it or not, they've got the dub and the dub is completely released now Ooh. on um, Anime Lab, which is what we've been waiting for years because there hasn't been, you know, Sailor Stars has never had a dub and, in Australia. And not, not only that, like they heavily censored some of the content. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. Um, they, they rewrote storylines and cut things out. And mm, mm. Very much that classical, you know, four kids and Deke treatment that we saw for a lot of o- earlier shows. Yeah. I don't remember who had the rights for Sailor Moon. Clover. Not no, Clo- not wasn't Clover Works, but it was Clover something. Clover something. Um, and they took over season three and season four. Yeah, and yeah. Th- basically any uh, aspect of the story that could be considered contentious to their target audience yeah. of G only yeah. was removed. Yeah. Um, J- just like the fight in Yu-Gi-Oh between Tristan and um, uh, Kaiba. No, Tristan and Joey. They were meant, oh. There was a oh. whole episode where they were meant to have a fight over with each other, literally a fist brawl. And the version we got in English, they basically put at the end of an episode with they cut other stuff out of. And it was basically, hi, I found Joey, bye. Uh, <laughs> Which this is why if, we don't talk about it. I was going to say, if you watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, they mention it in that as well. They go, no, no, seriously, this is we, we've went and done our version of the episode to take the mickey out of it. You never saw the original. This is the version you got. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, so Sailor Moon Title is the sequel to um, the Crystal season. So this is where we look at the um, Dark Moon Circus, yeah. which is um, the introduction of um, Pegasus Helios mm-hmm. um, and the Dark. It's not Maximilian Pegasus. Oh yeah, from <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. But yeah. no, I think I remember seeing a reaction clip to the, this. The, yes. There are a lot of people who like to take Pegasus and put. Always, I want to be with you. Uh, yeah, from, <laughs> Over uh, it. Angry yeah. <laughs> no, but I know what you're talking about because last year I showed a clip to a idol group. Oh, that was you. That was oh, me. Oh, I do remember that video. Um, and I wanted to see their reaction because obviously you think uh, there's a scene mm. that happens in yeah. Sailor Moon that's quite controversial, and I think I'm hoping they do it again in the new one just to see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to compare it. <laughs> Oh, uh, so the version you showed was the original. That was the original. And that scene should be occurring in this storyline. Right. Ooh. If they want to stay true to the manga. Yes. Which they will. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait to see that. It's going to be good, yeah. Um, but there, uh, we'll, we'll link the clip in the um, comments on this one. But it was so <laughs> funny because like, their reaction to it is what everyone's reaction yeah. would have been at that time as well. It was just kind of a... Wait, Wait, what? what? <laughs> every, it was great. Just wonderful. Um, <laughs> what in the Almaya one? No, Shindaru, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it, it's one clip that makes me laugh every single time because it's just so ridiculous. But I'm really excited because they actually brought the 90s animation crew back huh. to work on Eternal. Wow, that's kind of cool. So it's really cool. So they're giving them the, you know, the newer... Drawn animation, but oh, so it's it's crisper, but it harkens back to that original styling. Yes. Ooh, that sounds good. Not to the extent. Not like to the was. exact. Yeah, like, because let's be honest, like body proportions in the original Sailor Moon were pretty bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> like they were very unrealistic. So that's what makes this really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also going to adapt. So the two movies are going to adapt. Um, how it was in the in the manga, in the which man- was manga. really kind of glossed over in the really series. Really was, yeah. Like especially in the original one, it glossed over a really important arc because the two mm. arcs kind of combined together. Yeah, not stars. Star stars is completely different. This yeah. is like the real meaty, the, side the real of- meaty sides of it, um, which they just basically jumped over and ignored, and then didn't bother yeah. with stars. Um, Okay, now, um, that lands on June 3rd, yes. both of them. Um, I believe at this stage it's not with the dub. Um, yeah, no, 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 it is. It is. It is with the dub. It is. Ooh. Yeah, so that's why it's so exciting because it actually has the dub and they managed to get back all the Viz actors to do the dub. Wicked. Oh. Yeah. Well, not like, you know, the ones that they just do the re-release of the dub and stuff, so they actually brought them back to do this dub for Eternal the English, and they got all the dubs done for the international releases as well. So that's how they can drop it mm. all on June 3rd, which is kind of reminiscent of how they did Neon Genesis as well. June, again, big anime. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we, we will find out. I can't see any notes of the dub there. Where did you see it? On the trailer. On the, oh, is it on the trailer? So that, that's how they did the release of the trailer. They did every different version of like saying... I am Sailor Moon in uh, all the different languages to say it's coming out on June 3rd. Oh, that's good. Bonjour, cool. I'm Sailor yeah, Moon. Pretty much that. <laughs> like French, German, I was going to say that. That's everything. very, very Netflix. Spanish. It was so. That's why it was so high because it was. <laughs> I like would like to hear the German version and if the phrase Krankenwagen is used. Krankenwagen <laughs> is ambulance. It is ambulance. But it's so exciting. Like, I'm. <laughs> It's kind of made me happy again like to have Sailor Moon back. Mm-hmm. What's that like, being happy again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay 
I have the perfect sound for you. It's it's really important. It's all about being uplifting. Congratulations! 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 Thank you. Congratulations! Yep. So that that's the good old Neon Genesis. I want to record Kenny's reaction to that clip now. I think it would be great. Maybe on the YouTube channel later on. Now we do have to go from some good news to some rather sad news. The composer Shinsuke Kikuchi has passed away on April twenty fourth. He was eighty nine. His family held a private funeral. Now, why is this important? This is the gentleman who composed the theme songs for Kamen Rider franchise and all of its ongoing music, and the music for Doraemon, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dr. Slump, Get a Robo, Grandizia, Kashan, Toshio Daimos, Tiger Mask, and many more, including theme songs mm-hmm. as well. So this guy was a staple, and it's a shame because his... His comp- compositions are well known. They're even performed by orchestras now because of how well done they are. And unfortunately, he passed away on April 24th due to aspiration pneumonia. So good news is it wasn't obviously the pandemic. Um, bad news is obviously we have lost another incredible composer for yeah. music for anime. It's a shame. It is. Now, on that somber note, let's talk about something a bit more uplifting. Wi Fi Radio. It's a bathhouse for the spirits. Totoro came back, Dad. I saw it. It's Laputa, a floating island. Miyazaki! Well, we went into a brief intermission as there was a press conference here, and uh, we've just found out there's been more locally acquired cases of uh, the the virus. The virus. The unspecified <laughs> virus of unknown origin. Um, which we can't actually mention, otherwise YouTube demonetize you. Not that Is that serious? Yeah, yes. It's really bad. Um, we're not monetized, though, so <laughs> I just don't want to drop down that algorithm. Like Maybe we can jump up it by not mentioning it. Um, we are. We decided, because we're talking Nana, we were talking about strong girls setting out on their own yeah. to live by themselves and this Miyazaki Studio Ghibli film is pretty much the epitome of yeah. it Kiki's Delivery Service mm. now this is a 1989 um, sorry is it 1989? Yeah, yeah, 1989 yeah 1989 yeah. film um, it actually won the 1989 Animagi's Anime Grand Prix Award yeah. um, which was their Big important. One of the nice big slew of awards, let's be honest. Um, didn't win an Oscar because nothing except Spirited Away apparently will. Mm-hmm. Kiki's Delivery Service is rated G for all ages. Perfect. It has emotions for all ages. Yes. It really does. It's uh, it's another one of those nice, calm, comfy things. We tend to go back to calm and comfy a lot on this podcast. Well, I, I think that's kind of fitting as well, considering the state oh. of the world we're in. It makes a lot of sense because we've been we've been broadcasting through the entire. Uh, pandemic and you know we mm-hmm. giving things that people like and will make them feel relaxed is a good s- starting point so look if you haven't seen kiki's delivery service first and foremost the entire studio ghibli back catalog is available on netflix yeah. or if you're in the u.s it's hbo i believe um yeah because they bought the exclusive rights for it and then oh the yes because that's rest- a disney thing as well yeah yes. bingo mm-hmm. okay got it so kiki is a 13 year old witch in training and she must spend a year living on her own in a distant town in order to be considered a full-fledged witch yeah in this world it's sort of part of the witchy tradition mm-hmm. and it's also the case that witches are fairly commonplace yeah like they're not seen as oh a ghast yeah, a witch actually, uh like they're normal normal they're, they're, they're the equivalent of your doctor in your village you have your witch in your village <laughs> yeah and i sort of love that i also kind of went back and looked and it turns out um there's a rumor that this is sort of set in an alternate history uh, mm. earth where there was no world war one and no world war two mm. so it's 
there are changes. Well, let's back to the synopsis. She, Kiki leaves her family and friends and undertakes this tradition and when she flies out into the open world atop her broomstick with her black cat Gigi. As she settles down in the coastal town of Koriko, Kiki struggles to adapt and ends up wandering the streets with no place to stay until she encounters Osono mm. who offers Kiki boarding. So before long she decides to open her own courier service by broomstick beginning her journey to independence. In attempting to find her place among the townsfolk, Kiki brings with her exciting new experiences and comes to understand the true meaning of responsibility. She also meets some pretty cool people. Yeah, there are some interesting sort of characters in this uh, frankly rather beautiful city. Oh, well, I was going to say, not even just in the city, outside the city, the old, yeah. the lady who has the cabin. Yeah. Oh, that that's just... Oh, yeah, the uh, sort the of artist. Uh, hermit artist lady. Yeah, yeah, it's just so cool. I mm. liked it because... I was trying to place where this city is. Like, is it Italy? Because there was like things, and it felt very like a, it was a very, it's very European. European. Oh yeah. well, uh, in the sort of initial production of it, when they were sort of like deciding on where to do it, uh, Miyazaki and a bunch of his people travelled to uh, Sweden to research. That to research makes it. a lot of sense too. Uh, so uh, a lot of it is in Sweden. A lot of it is based on uh, Stockholm. Which you can actually very can much see. see. It, yeah, but mm. it's also got elements of um, Milan, like so Italy, uh, bits of uh, Paris. Well, that's funny because the bakery had a very like Swedish kind of name to it as well. Mm. <laughs> so uh, that makes a lot of sense. That it could be based on um, yeah. Sweden. So it's an amalgam of Stockholm and other cities. Yeah. Um, a lot of reference images were taken from Visby in Sweden. It's said to rank among the best preserved medieval cities throughout Scandinavia and it's among just 15 World Heritage Sites in Sweden. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a beautiful location. But the characters are all Japanese. They are. Yes. So that's what makes it really quite unique. But that's the thing as well. It's like it's set in, um, it's set in a very, very European setting. But then, uh, when she, uh, you see Kiki flying and she turns on her little uh, pocket radio thing, it starts playing kind of like Japanese anchor music in the dub that I've got. It's just uh. like this is kind of really out of place. That is a very international radio station you're listening no, to. But even like the, like the letters and the money exchanged and everything yeah, like yeah. that, like the writing mm. and stuff, it's all in um, Japanese. Even mm. the names are in Japanese. So yeah. it's like, well, that's really interesting. It, it creates a sort of like... I thought they would do that with the English dub as well. Like they probably changed... It. No, they kept it all like... Yeah, it creates something that's very, very familiar, but also very... Its own thing. It's yeah, reminds me a little of uh, Final Fantasy for some reason. Yeah, it does. Now it is, as we mentioned, it's set in 1950s. And oh, okay. How, and it's it's interesting that you said that because, look, I mean, they don't officially say it, but all of the settings and all the research suggest 1950s, mm-hmm. um, based on the level of technology, based on the cars, the, the TVs. Cars oh, you can TVs. say that about a lot of Miyazaki's work, though. Uh, one of the ones I oh. desperately tried to get you guys to watch is uh, On Poppy Hill. Oh, up on Poppy Hill, yeah. Yes, that's another one of Miyazaki's more recent-ish ones. But that one has uh, a scene which I absolutely adore. Like, closer to the end of the movie, you get to see them walking around 1950s Tokyo. And it almost perfectly matches, like, a bunch of old photographs I've seen of it. Of, like, a very rebuilt, refurbished Tokyo after the uh, war. Yep. And... uh, Miyazaki said that a lot of the art was based on his own experiences and his own perceptions of it. And it's, oh, I love how he captures the time so perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Like the feel and the almost the innocence. Yeah. No, it's, it's, he does an incredible job. And look, there's a lot you can say about Miyazaki. And 
one, one of the things I love about him is that he loves visiting those old locations. Like, if you have a look at... Um, like there is a reason set, why we set, have uh, Miyazaki as a sting for our yeah, show. Yeah, in, in, instead of Ghibli. <laughs> but um, Miyazaki loved, for example, Totoro, right? Uh-huh. The setting of that is a location he grew up in. Okay. And he then went and found out what it was like 50 years before he was there. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's kind of cool. So some of the shots, like, there's this whole... There's this whole theory online about Totoro being the god of death. It's not actually true. <laughs> um, it's just people taking some events that happened in that area oh, and okay. c- conveniently they, you know, match up with some of the things he wrote. Mm. But it's not actually meant to be what it is. Mm. Um, we will do a, a deep dive on that at another point. I think actually we already did do that um, deep dive on it when we did the Miyazaki special. I think so, but I'm not sure we really went deep we dive didn't. into we'll, it. We'll do a deep dive into it later. But um, We did sort of like a shallow dip. Yeah, I mean like Howl's Moving Castle explores the uh, well, uh, the era of World War II. You have a look at Princess Mononoke that's kind of looking at like urbanization and development. Yeah. Like He loves looking at historical moments and using them as a setting mm. and I, I think Kiki's Delivery Service is the same thing it's in that time when we kind of transitioned from that post-war mentality into a more global mentality yeah. and that that's a beautiful thing to see so I'm not a big fan of studio Ghibli films and stuff I mean when I went to Tokyo and stuff I went to the store and I thought wow this is really pretty but I was never really like that fan like you know how everyone goes on about it. it's like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god it's like you know the best thing ever I'm like Really? So you kind of had it overhyped for you, and so yeah, I can yeah. see how you would. Yeah. But then you that. know, obviously watching um, the Lupin movie would you know, yeah, yeah. And then you guys suggesting I watch Kiki, and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's just give it a go. I'm very glad that they're very similar in the art style as well. Yeah. Um, because I got a lot of that kind of similar time as well. Similar so, yeah. time as well. Yeah. So I was really happy about that. Um, see, I think like. Ghibli Studio Ghibli is a phenomenal studio, mm. but it did suffer from a lot of overhype, especially yeah. in like that that US decade still? from 2000 mm. to 2010, um, because of Spirited Away and so on. And while these are all phenomenal films, just like anything, if you overhype it, there are people who are going to go. Actually, I don't want to watch this because it doesn't sound like something I'd be interested in. Me with Demon Slayer, but you know mm-hmm. what? That's I, I bit well, my tongue and, and watched it. Well, and and that's the thing. Not every anime is going to be right for everyone. Not every film is going to be right no, for everyone. Yeah. And that that's kind of what we like to embrace on this podcast. You're allowed to have a difference of opinion yeah. and still say you like anime. Yeah. yeah. You know, this isn't a forum where people are going to bag each other out. Well, I mean, there, there are some shows we'll give a good ring into for being pretty poor and everyone knows what those reasons are. Oh, yeah. And it's not without reason. It's not just because I don't like this. But <laughs> at the same time, we welcome the idea for actually having the argument, the, oh, discussion, yeah. the discussion on, on it. because we, like you said, we recognise everything in this is for different people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, which is sort of the whole beauty of it. I went blind, I, but in saying that, I've seen the memes for it around the internet. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of knew about it, but I didn't really know what the context of the story was. Yeah. Was this like the bi- the so- bicycle memes and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
also about the girl draw, I'm drawing the birds and this is my life now and this is literally <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like just look just change the camera to si- a side angle put some headphones on her and say it's like bird drawing lo-fi music for yeah, children yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love how even that's got memes uh, know, I've right. seen a version of it recently Doofenshmirtz lo-fi from uh, the Phineas and Ferb show oh our local government released a meme of it as well yeah. um, which was um, lo-fi track development so uh. for the underground railroad I that they're saw building that, yes. there's like a guy sitting hells? at a desk with his you know, oh, high no, vis on <laughs> so bad anyway but but with the I, with Kiki so like, I tried watching it last night but I was too tired and mm. this is the thing with these movies it's, it lulls you into a sleep and I was just they like, are very relaxing they're very relaxing so mm. I was when I kind of woke up in the middle of the night, I, was, I could see the movie was still going. I was holding on my phone. I was like, no, you need to go to sleep. I was like, put the phone down and watch it in the morning. Mm-hmm. You'll be nice and fresh in your head. I got up at about what, nine o'clock and I just sat on the big screen. I was like, right, let's put the movie on. Let's go for it. I watched it from absolute start to absolute end when it actually said end. Yeah, and you I, didn't skip anything. I didn't skip anything. I was just so drawn to this character of Kiki and I was like, as soon as I got like, onto the show, I was like, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, there's nothing I can fault with it or anything like that. And there was one thing that I said in um, the chat and it was, and it's, I still hold this now, this thought is if I have a daughter, I want her to be like Kiki. God, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a, I think a lot of the... Miyazaki's female characters. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of us would want to have kids like them. It's just beautiful. Like, you know, she's so determined to get herself. Like, you know how like kids are a bit fearful and things like that. Yeah. This is a girl who's like, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And her parents being so supportive of her decision to mm. go. You know, just all of that was really beautiful There's, to see. I, I think we've cracked it. I think we now know that Ghibli films make better parents. I think so. <laughs> well, also the parents are sort of present in Ghibli films. Where oh, they're yeah, not I'm, I'm in unlike the... in Shonen Anime where all the parents are dead. Um. And that's a nice healthy Super change calm. as well. Like you constantly see like the depression side of it. Yeah. Whereas this one, they just show, you know, like the happiness that the parents actually are supportive of yeah. their children's journey. But there's also a very uh, important element in Kiki's character, which I very much resonated with. Yeah. It's like you get the impression that other witches have specializations uh she mm. runs into one as the she's flying teller. over yeah the fortune teller yeah and you're thinking okay that's great that like i want to know more about this world which uh, miyazaki is setting up it's where which is a world actually really. and yeah. her mother is uh she uh, makes potions. potions and kiki doesn't actually have her talent yet she's struggling to figure out what she is who she's going to be it's funny though because the, the thing about the flying thing is a really interesting running thing with witches in Japan because the other show that actually touches on that is Little Witch Academia. Oh, yeah. So that is on my to watch list. Yeah, it's, so it's, yeah. Uh, it's adorable. Uh, I think there was a British series ages ago called The Worst Witch. As well, same Which thing. I feel like Little Witch Academia... Based off that. ...really yes. cribs notes off. Like. <laughs> Actually, that would be a really good comparison. I feel like a lot of um, Little Witch Academia took a lot of inspiration from... This one actually, but even Ooh. has its oh, like a uh, from uh, from Kiki's? Kiki. Yeah, Ooh. I feel there's a lot of comparison oh, to it. But yeah, yeah as I was saying, it's like Kiki's whole thing is that she's great at flying, and uh, <laughs> you, you well. wouldn't you wouldn't know that. <laughs> but it's that she's well. passionate about. She yeah, yeah. enjoys oh, yeah, it. Yeah, that yeah, is she where she's most free and has the most fun. And that's where she finds you know that's what her journey is to. Yeah, okay. she finds her place in the world through what she is most passionate about doing. Yeah. Uh, she makes her business around it. Yeah. 
And I feel like there is a very important message to that. There is something that anyone can take away there. A big message I got from it is that girls can be heroes too. Hells yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, to be honest, one of the big things that Miyazaki... Uh, I, I can't remember where I saw the quote, but it was something along the lines of Miyazaki said, girls are cool. Yeah. And I want to show that in... Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but the girls are cool phrase. I remember uh, yeah. one of his uh, artists uh, drawing uh, Lady Eboshi from um, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, yeah. The, she's like the. Uh, she's meant to be like the antagonist. The, the antagonist, villain, sort of the villain, but sort not of, really. But, not. but yeah, like the lead artist was just like, basically, I just wanted to draw her to be absolutely cool. Yeah. You know, and she's Total a 13-year-old girl who's just shown so much, like, you mm-hmm. know growth and stuff and yeah you know what 13 well, actually i was thinking about pokemon just then because he was set out until 11 years old so it must be a very japanese thing it's like well you start a- your thing so a- ash ketchum leaves at 10 and then he never ages because he steals Although. the soul of his companions um but <laughs> as the uh, as the uh, internet rumor goes. yeah um but in kiki's case you are right like it, i i do wonder if it's i wonder because you know how japan has those coming of age ceremonies yes. i wonder if a lot of these stories of travel are what predated those ah, coming of age ceremonies. Because be. before, like the idea of a teenager didn't happen until the sixties. Right before that, you were either a child or an adult. adult there was nothing it. in between. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if that you know before we had that you know high level of education systems, yeah. the idea of university and really study, they, they would have just had the basic study up yeah. until about ten, and then off to the workforce That's in it. some cases. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if this is kind of looking at that as a relic because if this is set in the fifties, it's before teenagers so at 13 she would be considered an adult because in japan 13 was the age of consent and you know with her friend in there as well like the one who was trying to build the um the biplane yeah. yeah 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 that he you didn't see him go to school but he could see no. him interacting with the older yeah like the teenagers and stuff like that of that town so it's very like you're either an adult or you're a child yeah. there's no it's imp- amazing how well the yeah. the studio ghibli films do this where they properly do their research when they set it in time we see so many films and series now that go you know i've set this in the 1920s or in you know this time and it's like they use the phrase teenager and it didn't even exist until oh. the 60s. Yeah. So it's 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 beautiful and like it's something I really appreciate about these films because they're time capsules. Yeah. And the, I think what I like this Gigi as well. Mm. Yes, her uh, uh, talking cat companion. But I feel like Gigi's that's her subconscious. Awesome. It's actually her subconscious like talking like the alternate of her what she's thinking as well. Though to be fair, we are mm. still talking about a world with witchcraft and magic and stuff like that. So yeah. a talking cat... Not exactly out but of the question. She, not spoiling anything, but when she, you know, loses that power, she couldn't mm, hear briefly, her yeah. um, her thoughts or anything like that. So that yeah. that could possibly be that. I see where you're going with that, yeah. and so uh, I wonder. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. th- there is like a lot of the themes around mysticism and spirituality mm. and magic in Ghibli's films are tied with childhood yeah. and childlike minds and the idea of disconnecting from them, which, you know, we now see in shows like Digimon where right. once they become of age, they can no longer see the Digimon mm. and so on. That like, one hurt. That, that freaking hurt, the Digimon film. Holy cow. Like yeah. you, Me, Kenny and Aaron were sitting there doing, you know, manly tears and uh. in the cinema. And it's like there's... You, Japan does an incredible job of showing that change. Yes, because once you become an adult, you're an adult. Yeah. You know, you, you say goodbye to your childhood. You say goodbye to the, your youth because mm-hmm. when you become an adult, you're an adult. Yeah. Um, one thing I did love about this movie, and I, 
I, I, I kind of cried a little bit. It's so no, pathetic. It's, um, it's not. It's, it was, it's a great film and it's designed is, to be emotive. It's There I is nothing pathetic would... about shedding a tear over good art. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's this one little scene in this movie and I, I just was just like, oh, my goodness. So she's standing in front of the store. I think she was just like picking up mm. something or something like that or she was looking at something. And you see a little girl walking past in Kiki's complete outfit, like her costume, yes. her little broom, the new little broom that this she had. This is in the uh, ending bit, in right? In the ending bit. I just started bawling because like <laughs> that you you see that in cons with the, like the little children dressed yeah. up with their like their like, you know, the Nezikos or like the little um, <laughs> Yeah. Because these are such strong characters that, you know, and if I have children, I'd like them to watch Kiki because that is just showing. Oh, I, look! If, when, if if I have kids, I would definitely yeah, show them. The I want to show my catalog. nieces this because this is just the perfect I, film. I, to be honest, I think Kiki, uh, for at least if you were going to show your kids a Ghibli Something film, safe. G- Kiki is the perfect starting point because it's got a dub and it's yeah. a good dub. It's Very G-rated. Dub. It has no coarse language. No. The themes it deals with are easy enough to be understood at yeah, a young age. Yeah, it's got age. Like that pre-romance in it as well, which is mm. really nice to see. Like it doesn't like fully go into it, mm. but it shows like she is a teenage girl. She wants to be able to, you know, make friends, see yeah. Yeah. relationships it's, kind it's of It's something form. when you're a kid all – it. it Basically it showcases all those important things that you learn about and want to understand. Yeah. So I, I would say that Kiki's Delivery Service is pretty much the best starting film to I, introduce children me, to anime. Yeah. I got to say, though, I found one flaw. Oh. What? The music. I didn't. It, I, it has its pleasant moments, but every now and then you can hear where it's... Uh, it's not done with like oh, a proper okay. yeah, orchestra. Yeah, yeah. It's done. You can hear like MIDI sounds. Yeah, but I, I do think it's because of the time and things like that as well. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course. Well, this was 1989. Um, yeah, I very do. 80s. I actually don't know if the music was done. Oh, no, it was done by Joe Hisashi. Oh, so um, I do wonder. Oh. Disney's English dub of the film includes new songs in the soundtrack. Ah, These two original songs written and performed. I was going to say, because there's Mm. English songs in the dub. So Mm. I was like, I wonder if in the Japanese ones, were they all in Japanese? (laughs) We we were talking about this before the show, and I just do not want studios to dub music. They can't do it. They do it wrong every time. Like, as you can see, it it created a But could you imagine, though, at this time when this dub would have come out in Mm. the movies and stuff, could you imagine film goers are going to sing a dub and... Yeah, yeah. so the subbed, the replacement songs are called, performed by Sydney Forrest. The song is... Soaring and I'm Gonna Fly, which replaced Message of Rogue yeah. and Wrapped in Kindness as the opening and end themes. Yeah. Mm. And it, but it fit. It did fit. I'll for, give it for that. For those, they, they did work, but they also compose... Uh, Paul Chitaro also composes new instrumental pieces over scenes that were originally silent in the Japanese version, such as a rendition of In the Hall of the Mountain King. Mm. So I think we can blame Paul. Uh-huh. <laughs> for the dub because I've only I've watched only watched the Japanese I've not watched the dub not at all not at all I mean uh, here's another thing about the uh, dub uh, the voice of Kiki is Kirsten Dunst is that who it was yes, I was trying is. to pick that um, the right? voice and I was like I've heard this, this voice is before a, this is a very very young Kirsten Dunst well, I think she had just finished doing I, I, uh, Jumanji I, I, and she I was do ah. need to clarify there are two dubs for Kiki's delivery service okay. oh, Streamline on. Pictures did one in 1990 and then Disney did the good dub in 97 mm. 
Mm. Okay, I think I'm not watching The Good Dad because I don't know this voice. Um, what's uh, the Netflix Lisa, one? Lisa Mickelson, American voice actress, best known for providing voices of In My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service. So is that the Netflix one? Yeah, I don't know which version's on Netflix. I thought it was the Disney version on Netflix. It is. I believe it is the ne- uh, Disney version okay. on Netflix because that is custom. He, he, here's okay. the list of um, characters. So Kiki in the it, this is all Disney dub. Kiki's played by Kirsten Dunst. Amazing. Gigi. It, she did so well in this dub. Mm. It was just so. Yeah. It's young, young Kirsten Dunst too. Yeah. So uh, Ki- Gigi is done by Phil Hartman. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could hear that voice. I was like, this sounds like The Simpsons. And then it, yes, it yeah. is. I'm just having. A He's like very famous out. for that. Brilliant He's, man. It was just. He's so got good. a lot of uh, voice acting. Credits. Like a lot of the other people here are not massively well-known actors. So uh, Tress McNeil, she voiced Dot and Animaniacs, Babs Bunny on Tiny Tune and Daisy Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, Gian Garofalo, who was Ursula. Um, she... Yeah, I know that uh, Disney oh. and Fox traded. She had a lot to do with SNL. Voices. So yeah, th- there's a lot of people in here. I think Kirsten that does Dunst sound like is Phil Hartman's a like uh, SNL. We mentioned yeah. um, Princess Mononoke before. That had like Claire Danes, Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. and a whole well, host of others. Well, I was going to say if we go even further back, pre Ghibli, yeah. um, with um, Nor- uh, Nausicaa. Yeah, Nausicaa. Yeah. Yes, it's got Patrick Stewart in it. Right. It's just like what. <laughs> but- to be fair, though, when we we didn't have a lot of anime content back in the day like no, we, we do didn't. now, we didn't. and that probably was easier getting these stars to do like, hey, you want to do a simple dub over a ah, uh, who was another yeah, one? Yeah, but the quality of them is amazing, though. Well, that's it. Uh, I mean, because like they are look are pulling these big names for like and, what was back in the day something so mm-hmm. very very niche. Exactly. Was. Well, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, and I will happily say it again to all the hate I'll get. If you don't know how to act. It's difficult to voice act. Right. It you need to be able to control your voice, control your voice, understand the situation, visualize the space you are oh, in. Goodness, yes. And the to other be able person. to do all that while moving, in the case of a lot of like stage actors and stuff like that, which really comes across, mm-hmm. even like Patrick Stewart's case oh. especially. Pa- and, like Patrick uh, Stewart's role was like a, a secondary character, mm. and every time he started talking, you felt it like it was as if he w- that character was in the room not Patrick Stewart the character he was playing you felt like you were in the room with them because of how well he performed that piece uh. and we just don't get that quality of voice acting on smaller productions no, on series don't. I mean that's kind of a hard I act mean obviously to follow, obviously though. it's a hard act to follow <laughs> but that sent the benchmark like if you can do that mm. like geez you should be able to do anything look at who else am I thinking of um mm-hmm. cat cat returns and Hathaway was in oh that yeah one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a, I'll check that one out later. That's one. Cat, Cat Returns is... So um, my first exposure to Ghibli was Totoro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was down at the Fremantle Film Institute. They oh, put on yeah. a night and they had three films on. Um, Totoro, Cat Returns and Pompoko. <laughs> um, now, Pompoko is damn weird. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's based off a, a Japanese... Um, folklore. Folklore um, to do with Tanukis. But um, that, that's another matter altogether. Anyway, Kiki's Delivery Service, you can catch that on Netflix or HBO Max. So the entire catalogue's on there. Um, And look, it's an hour 43 of your life that you won't want back. Yeah, no. (laughs) You'll be very glad you gave that hour and a half, hour 45 minutes. I am happily going to say I'll give this five out of five straight up. I'd I'd straight up give it five out of five. I love going back and re-watching it for shows like this because I get to... 
not focus on the main character flying around and just look at the but town else and stuff. It? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely worth the watch. Next time we do a Ghibli, we'll be talking about when pigs fly. Yes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Kenny's My favourite. Oh, and boy. because of that, we need to wrap up. Oh yeah, I pumped up the gems there. Okay, well, that is where we are going to end things for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're on a YouTube channel watching, um, next episode... Oh, I'm excited. We've got a good friend of ours. His name's Christian. He's the man behind Japan Demand website, looking at so many fascinating parts of Japan. He's a photographer. He is a writer. He is a videographer. He's great. And we're really looking forward to talking to him. Very talented. Yeah, I used to work with him Mm. a lot with Japan Demand, so we're Mm -hmm. we're all buddies. We know each other. And we're going to be talking comedy. As I'm in so comedy, excited. anime, yeah. not stand-up comedy. I'm terrible at that. No, no, what no. is the deal with anime? <laughs> this is an idea brought to Carl, and I was like, can we please, please, please do a comedy anime episode? And when he said, yes, yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> yes. Because it's, look, it's right now we need something oh, to make us laugh. smile, to make us laugh, to make us happy. Yeah. And that, there's nothing better to do that than a good bit of comedy anime. Definitely. And, and Aaron's not here to pun us to death. Oh, will he be here next week, though? Ooh. Well, not next week, but well, next, well, next episode. Well, in two weeks. Um, he may be. We will find out and we will work with him. I will need to bring tissues and everything because I'll be crying from laughing. Probably. Yeah. Um, now, if you are new to the channel, thanks so much for listening through and listening to this episode. Um, please like, please subscribe. Do algorithm-friendly things Share to us. us. Share us on socials. Yeah, if Share you've us. got friends who like anime, like, we'd love to have hear their feedback. And, you know, mm. if you do have stuff that you liked about this episode or things you disagreed with, head to our social media on on Instagram, on Facebook, on Discord, and on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we're, we're everywhere. Um, we get everywhere. We get around. <laughs> I'm standing um, right behind you. And mm. if, if you like what we do and have a bit of you know, a bit of spare cash to splash to buy us a coffee, we do have our Patreon as well where you yeah. can get outtakes and special extra bits from the episodes. And there were some outtakes today. There were some serious outtakes today. Look, this is episode 58. Is of it Kauai, 58? 58 of Kawaii Fire Radio. Thank oh. you so much for listening. And until next time... What's, What's up, anime? anime? Buy me coffee.